welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Everybody, this is Evelyn Hershkowitz, Reader Services Librarian, and today we have with us a special guest, Allison Wynn Scott. Allison has written her eighth book, I believe it is. I think it's my ninth, and I oh know my gosh, it's your ninth book because I just did another one, and somebody asked me, and I was like, I don't remember. So I <laughs> okay, your ninth novel. It's called The Rewind, and it's just a wonderful book. But I'm going to say a little bit about Allison now. And Allison wrote this about herself. I found it on her website. So she says, I had a perfectly normal, wonderful childhood spent in Charlottesville, Virginia, and then later Seattle, where I had a funny, slightly Southern drawl, but otherwise found my calling among all the flannel and the gray skies. My mom was a teacher, encouraged us to read a lot, and used to send vocab words in the mail to camp over the summer. So I suppose the seeds of literature coupled with an active imagination, hello, I could have so been an actress, led me to one day believe that I could write fiction. While earning my keep as a freelance magazine writer, all of those 10 ways to a better life articles you read, I wrote them on every subject, as well as had the good fortune to write hundreds of celebrity profiles, which I generally adored and met some amazing and talented people. I tucked away pockets of time towards a novel, which four years later, I finally finished. It was terrible, but I wrote another one that proved less so. And now a decade later, I'm eight books deep. The ninth novel, The Rewind, is pitched as The Hangover meets When Harry Met Sally and is a return to my romantic comedy roots, which will be published November 1st, 2022 by Berkeley Books. And it is good. I am enjoying it so much. First of all, I love the colors of the cover. They did such a good job with the cover. I mean, I can't take ownership over that. They did a really great job. Yeah, Yeah. it says tonight they'll fall in love like 1999. And Colleen Oakley says, fresh, original, and compelling. This book is Allison Wynn Scotch at her absolute best. So tell us, what is The Rewind about? So The Rewind is exactly what you just read. It's We pitched it as The Hangover Meets When Harry Met Sally. And so it's about two exes uh, who broke up a decade ago quite acrimoniously and are back on their college campus for... Um, a friend's wedding and they wake up in bed together uh, the next morning, possibly having gotten married, remembering nothing that happened the night before. So, so crazy, (laughs) crazy. And they're, I love them both. They're both great characters. Thank you. I mean, she's, she's a up and coming music manager, I guess you could say. Correct. Yeah. And he went to law school. He's a lawyer, but he never took the bar. Because he also likes to play poker and he established himself and made a gaming program that was bought by a huge company. So he never has to work again. So they're they're great characters. I really love them. Thank you so much. Yeah. So in the rewind, two exes realize that they might have gotten it wrong the first time around. Do you believe in second chance love stories in real life? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't... (laughs) I write a lot of second chance romances, uh, even if it's not under like the explicit like guise of a second chance romance. I 
spend way too much time in my head, like daydreaming about second chance romances. Not like just with me. I, I don't mean that. Like I've been married for 20 years. I just mean like, I, I, there's something so romantic to me, fictionally or not, about figuring out what you did wrong the first time around. And that's not to say that like, I'm idealizing it because a lot of them don't work because there's a reason that you broke up, right. but I do believe in it. And I think in this day and age, like you hear of it more and more because people have a chance to be back in touch um, online. Yeah, with so. social media and everything. Yeah, it's so much exactly. easier. I mean, but the year we're talking about with them is 1999. Exactly. So there was no social media. So well, that's why they really haven't spoken in a right. decade. It's very different than now where you could like stalk somebody on Instagram. Right. You know, now they show up and they really other than hearing about each other through uh, their mutual friends. And that's how it used to be. You just mm -hmm. would wonder. So right. that is exactly what happens. They show up cold. Are they based on anybody you know? No, 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 no. I mean, I think that um, uh, I probably have a little bit in common with Frankie, like in terms of like being hard-headedness. I, I tend to write um, hard-headed women because I like stubborn women. Um, so, and I'm probably one. So, uh, but no, they're just, you know, and in fact, it took several drafts to really drill down on who they were. They weren't quite clear initially. So um, they each bring something, as you were saying, a little different uh, to, to the story and to hopefully sort of making it seem real life. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So the rewind is your return to rom-com after many books away. What has been your favorite part about writing this genre again? Well, a couple things. So I'm writing another one for Berkeley that I just handed in my first draft. Yeah, and in order to, thank you. In order to sort of ensure that I was, because I felt a little rusty with it. Um, I mean, the rewind is, is definitely rom-com, but um, a lot of it is still, sort of just commercial fiction pulling from different parts of who they used to be. But this new one is just like a straight down the middle rom-com. So I spent the past month or so just consuming every rom-com I could get my hands on. And I have to tell you, it was really delightful. Like I really loved it. Um, there, you know, for better or worse, this genre sometimes gets a bad rap, particularly if it's called like romance, but it is having, it's seeing such a resurgence now. And so, these books just bring me so much joy. Um, I could not agree with you more because right yeah. now that seems it's the only thing I can read. Yeah. And I want to congratulate you. The Rewind is on the library reads for November, along with a few other rom-coms. So yeah. rom-coms are definitely something that everybody wants to read now. We need something happy. We need a happy ending. Could not agree with you more. And so I just, um, I'm finding, I, I, I'm finding joy in writing them, like in creating sort of this magic between the two characters, but also, you know, as a shout out to my fellow authors, just the writing, it's just, it, it's, it's just pure happiness and it doesn't, matter if you already know they're going to be together at the end it's the journey and right. it is just so much fun so that has honestly been a big um part of what i've loved about diving back into this just reading 
other authors who are doing it. So tell us who are some of the books and authors you've read. That's all I've been reading. So yeah, so I just read and I I actually don't know this author, The Spanish Love Deception Uh by Elena Armas. I'm not sure. I read her second one. Okay, so that is on my list. I very good. Yep. Loved it. Oh my gosh. Like I it was long for rom-com, and I was like, thank God, because I just want to keep reading this book. It was called the American Roommate Experiment. Exactly. I haven't read that one yet. And then I read Funny You Should Ask by Alyssa Sussman. I read that one too. I love that cover, the red in the Yeah, really liked that one. Um, I'm going through all of Tessa Bailey's right now. Um super delightful and easy to read did you read emily um, henry oh of, well I, I read emily as she comes out so actually okay. book lovers in, in as a galley so okay um, good. i feel like that goes without saying i've read emily i've read um ally hazelwood right I've, she's great you know, too yeah i just honestly it it's funny like i feel like i used to i would read like a rom-com then i would read a thriller then i read historical fiction then i read something serious now i'm just like Give me all the rom-coms that I could consume because it just makes me happy. It makes me happy. And that's what I think people need right now. All right. Have yeah. you read Abby, Abby Jimenez? Oh, so Part of Your World, I think, uh-huh. is up next on my Kindle. Okay, good. Sort of like late to, eight. I've heard great things. It was very so, good, yes. Yeah. Oh, I just read a Kennedy Ryan. Like, I'm just, anything I can get my hand, like, not get my hands on because I can, I guess, get my hands on anything, but as a right. figure, uh, whatever is on my Kindle, I just keep going next. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Nope. I, I am a hundred percent with you. That's yeah. what I'm reading too. Yeah. I'm loving every rom-com I could get my hands on. Also. Exactly. I can't wait. Like I know Emily Henry is a new, like I yes. think saw a new, a new galley and, um, so since we're both at Berkeley, I like, Oh, that's great. You know, my editor and be like, uh, can I get a yeah, yeah. copy of that, please? So that's well. Yeah. The big one that came out today is Colleen Hoover's new one. Oh yeah, I have oh, not okay. read that one yet. Yeah, so, no, my that's... daughter has a big stack in her uh, in her room. Oh so. okay, yeah. Colleen Hoover is very popular here. Yeah, of course. Okay, I so think she's very popular everywhere. She's everywhere, taking- right? <laughs> she's got like five books on the New York Times bestseller list at once. So <laughs> exactly, no. it's really it's unbelievable. Yeah. She had a whole article in the Times about her last week. I know. It's, I mean, and bravo to her because she really mm-hmm. did it her way. So. Right. Yeah. She was self published in the yeah. beginning. Exactly. She's doing quite well for herself. Okay. <laughs> so let's get back to your novel, The Rewind. This yeah. novel is set on the eve of the new millennium. Tell us about your decision to set the novel then. So there were a couple reasons. One is the way that this story had to unfold, they simply could not have smartphones. Like if you could check and see where you were the night before, uh, you would just know where you were the night before. So like the hangover wouldn't work if you were setting it in 2022. So that was one reason, but also I feel like there's obviously a big resurgence in 90s like nostalgia right now. And I think it is because it was sort of just at the cusp of the internet, it certainly was before social media, uh, sort of before like our country was so divisive or divided. And I just feel like it was a happier time for a lot of people, whether it really was or not, but in our minds, we think of it as just a simpler, easier time. So I just wanted to set it there. You know, I didn't want to deal with um, the current landscape 
Like I didn't want to have to fold things in. And in fact, in my new one, I even asked my editor, I was like, can I just not acknowledge COVID? Like, I just don't want it. Mm-hmm. Like we want to break from that. So mm-hmm. the 90s worked for a variety of reasons. And then, you know, because it takes place sort of in three timelines, like when they were in college in the late eighties, um, the night before, and then the New Year's Eve of 1999, I also got to have fun in the eighties. Um, a lot of the book revolves around music and like yeah. 80s and 90s music for those of My us favorite, who are yep. Gen X or like, you know, late millennials, like that is some seminal music. So that was really fun to, uh, to dive into as well. So what are some of your favorite, because she is a music manager, what are some of your favorite music from the 80s and the 90s? Well, a lot of it, so growing up, Madonna was like everywhere, but I was a Cyndi Lauper girl. Uh, which I was always really proud of, like, you know, everybody was doing the Madonna thing. And I was like, no, I want to do like a checkerboard on the side of my head, like orange. Oh my, gosh. <laughs> my poor parent, I did not do it. My mom was like, I'm drawing the line. You're not dying your hair orange or the checkerboard. Right. But like, I had her poster up. Um, she, for me, I mean, I really love any sort of 80s music, but she was so sort of emblematic for me of somebody who marched to the beat of her own drum. Um, and to this day, I love her. Like I read her memoir and she did Kinky Boots and she just mm-hmm. still continues to sort of be a unique trailblazer. So I might not have the hair, but I like to think that maybe her spirit is a little bit in, yeah. in me. So, but I love the Go-Go's. Right. I mean, you know, that whole, that whole I mean, and I liked Madonna, don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, all of those contemporaries, all of their contemporaries are my, my childhood jams. Yeah, yeah, no, good music, definitely. Yeah, I think Corey Hart and Chicago were my first concert, so. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so this story is told from both Ezra's and Frankie's perspectives. Was one more perspective more challenging to write than the other? Uh... They were both challenging, but for different reasons. I think Frankie started off as really unlikable. Uh, As I said, I sort of tend to write hard-headed women. And I had to peel her back to sort of get more to her vulnerability, which emerges as the book goes on. And Ezra, I think, was sort of the opposite. He was just sort of bland. Like he was there to like bounce off of Frankie and he had to really become his own person. So um I had to sort of push them both towards the middle mm-hmm. you know uh from different perspectives so uh I think I understood Frankie a lot more but humanizing Ezra was equally as important instead of just making him sort of more of a cardboard cutout are you so, a planner or a poser? I am not a planner no. I am not a planner which made this book really difficult to write right there were so many moving pieces that um, it would have been better if I were a planner, but I'm just not. (laughs) So, you know, I knew where it would end up, but I just didn't know where I was going with it. Um, And I, I cannot tell you how many times, like I called my agent and was like, I can't do this. And that's not really me. Like when I write, like I'm usually like, fine, I'm just going to continue forward and I was like just please we hadn't sold it yet I was like please just sell it on 100 pages I need an editor I can't do this I don't want to write this and she forced me to and that's why she's my agent how long does it take you to write a book usually um 
I would say a first draft is four to six months, but like that can be a really rough first draft. So the one that I just finished the first draft took me about that, but I rewrote, when I say it was the first draft, it was really like the fourth draft. So, you know, I, I sort of, it's like a recipe, like I tinker as I go along and I try to figure it out. Um, so, you know, six months probably, okay. but then, you know, it goes through a couple heavy overhauls right. by the time it, it comes out. Right. So yeah. how, do you feel that this being your ninth book that you've changed in any way, your writing style or your writing process or? Gosh, wouldn't it be great if I said, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I've learned so much. You know, I was just saying to somebody else that I feel like the learning curve in this job is quite steep at first, but it keeps going. Like, I, it's not to say I, I know how to write a book now. I know I will get to the end. So I have that confidence. But because I don't plan, I just sit down and I write. There's always that question mark of like, is this going to go as I planned? And um I mean, I think what's changed is I, even if I don't know what I'm actually doing, I know that I know enough to know what I'm doing, but you know, every book is a challenge in its own way. This one was challenging because there were, as I said, there were so many moving pieces that it was just difficult to figure out, you know, like a puzzle, like where they were all gonna mm. go and how I was gonna do that. Um, but I was fortunate, I think if this had been my second book, I don't think I could have done it. But because I did have the hindsight of like, okay, I've written hard things before, I'm gonna be able to get there. And I you know, had to listen to my agent being like, you, you have to write <laughs> So um, yeah, so I wish I could say that I had better patterns or better habits, but I just don't, so. Do you have a certain time that you write every day? So when I'm writing, um, I try to write first thing in the morning because I mean, I know, I'm sure you've spoken to a lot of writers. I will put it off and put it off and like the dread just builds in me of having to sit down and write. So, um, you know, usually first thing, like while I'm having coffee, I try to at least just get out like 500 words and I can be like, okay, like I, I'm going to hit my word count, which is between a thousand and two thousand when I'm working on a manuscript. So then I'll take a walk, I'll walk my dogs or I'll go work out and I can always return to it. But having sort of gotten that out first thing is is really helpful to me. Mentally. Are you like a five o'clock in the morning or? Oh God, no. I oh, okay. Am, in fact, it's a joke in our house. Like, no, I'm, if I did not have things that I had to be up for, I would be up, like I'd stay up to like two or three in the morning and wake up at 10 but oh, okay. no I'm up at like 7 30 like 8 like a normal right. time <laughs> no there are authors people are like it's 4 30 no 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 no. I yeah I have never been an early riser and I can't imagine I ever will be right. so no. it's, it's not going to change now that's for sure, exactly right? I mean out of necessity when my kids were littler right uh with COVID my husband started working from home so he can sort of deal with the morning stuff but no, and in fact, it's funny, like, as I said, I'm working on this book and 
I often feel like at 11 o'clock in bed, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel, I know like what I, how to fix something. So I really think I'm like at my best late at night. Oh, so, okay. You know. So what do you hope readers will take away from reading the rewind? You know, it sort of gets back a little bit what we were talking about before. Like, I feel like if I've made somebody happy by reading this book, that is in this day and age, that is a win. Like, I just, I, I close so many of these rom-coms and I'm like, well, that was just delightful. And I'm in a better mood and I love these characters. And it took me on such a ride with them that that's what I wanted out of a book. You know, that said, it's certainly also, um, you know, it's nostalgic and it's reflective of mistakes that maybe some of us have made in our past. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be transformative, uh, but it might make people sort of open up their photo albums and think about who they once were. And I think that's always also a good thing if, it, if it's a positive thing for you, so. Absolutely, no doubt about that. Yeah. I just had something in my head and it just- Oh, please. Oh, that's what about, um, is this gonna be out on audio book? It is, I'm okay. very- excited julia whalen who is oh my excited. gosh get out of here she's the yeah, best she is she's amazing she's done a bunch of my other books and mm -hmm. um i didn't know if she was going to be able to do it but so um and an author in her own right thank you for yes her book was very good yeah delightful another sort of rom-com um so she is doing it with mccloud andrews um I'm okay so they, I actually have not heard it yet. I think she did her book with him too. Oh, did she? Yeah, I she think so. I she think so. Have. So mm -hmm. um, she's wonderful. I just signed up to do an event with her in February. Oh, how nice. Um, That's great. Yeah. Will you be touring for this book? Do you have a, a book tour? So I'm doing um, some stuff here and I, we were going to come, uh, we were trying to set up New York and like Philadelphia, mm -hmm. but it's a little tricky because it runs right into the midterms and we were concerned that with some people might not come out that week because of the election, the election. So, um, I, as of now, I'm just doing some West coast stuff, but okay. I, you know, I would love to come, you know, I've told Berkeley, I have a whole other like set of friends and, you know, family on went to school out here on the East coast. Right. Sorry? You went to school here on the East I, Coast. I went to school in Philadelphia uh, and my parents are in Manhattan. Oh, they are. They're uh, here. Yeah, they're they're there. Although now they go to Florida, okay. <laughs> um, like a lot of New Yorkers mm -hmm. in the winter. Um, but, and my kids go to camp back there. So uh, you oh. know, I have a lot of ties to the East Coast. So I would love to to come. We're, we're sort of seeing if some, like if I have to be there for some, media stuff and then we'll we'll see so yeah i'm always happy to come did back. you write during the pandemic was this written then or after well this, after i mean the, yeah. the, <laughs> is it really over yeah. now but <laughs> it's all like an amorphous <laughs> time so i wrote this during covid i had not written for like a year i just like many people i was just you know, my, in California, my kids actually did not go to physical school for almost two years. So there was a lot going on here. Um, and I just couldn't, I mean, it was a hard time. And I feel like people needed to 
cut themselves emotional break. But after about a year, I write about this in the acknowledgements. Like I just, I felt like I needed to, to do something. Like I felt like that would actually be beneficial to my own well-being. So um, Laura Dave, who is a, another oh, author. Is a I've very, loved her books too. Yeah, she's a very dear friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And um, she's often my first sort of my first reader and we bounce ideas off of each other. So I was pitching her a bunch of ideas. Like I was out on one of those like quarantine walks that we were all taking at the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't take my family anymore. I'm leaving the house. And um, I pitched her a bunch of ideas and this was one of them. And she's like, okay, stop. Just so you know, if you pitch like your publisher or your agent this idea, they're gonna make you write it. So, and it's gonna be really hard to write. So don't pitch it unless you wanna write it. And I didn't have anything else. So I pitched it and they made me write it. And so here it is. And from so, what I read, you got a two book deal at that time. Yeah, so that that is, and that's the second book that-, right. that But so this was written, I guess, after year one of quarantine during in California year two of semi-quarantine, you know, and I'm, I was so glad for the distraction actually. I mean, it was difficult. Like I, you know, I don't, when I announced the deal, I said to a lot of writer friends, like, don't think that if you haven't written that that's not okay as well. Like we all just had to do what we had to do to get through this, you know, unusual time in history. So. Did you always want to be an author or what jobs have you had before that? So um, I have, well, no, I mean, I, I've always like sort of excelled in writing, but I wanted to be an actress for a while, which is not that different, you know, sort of right. like, like uh, Julia Whalen. Yeah, exa- exactly. So she had the, she was the actress and now, uh, well, I guess now she does both because she's certainly acting when she reads. Right. Um, but from college, um, I went into PR and I hated it, but I got to write and then I was lucky enough to sort of segue to magazine writing. So I really um, made a living in, in, as a freelance magazine writer for a bunch of years while I was tinkering with a novel that um, you mentioned in the intro right. that didn't sell. <laughs> Thank goodness it was really bad. Um, <laughs> but so that was sort of the, the the path. I think I've always sort of done all my jobs. I mean, other than like in high school and I worked at like a sporting goods store, but they've all sort of been creative in a way. But again, like I went to college in the nineties, like there wasn't the internet, like how did you become a writer? It was just so insane that anybody could succeed at this professionally. So um, I got a, you know, real, I got an office job, not real. I shouldn't say that. I got mm-hmm. I got an office job after <laughs> college and then it just was not it was not for me so well, we're we're so glad that you are writing because your books oh, are so you. enjoyable thank you and I thank you so much for being here on the turn the page podcast oh, it's my pleasure. I love libraries I'm, I'm thank you I'm yeah. so glad I'm glad thank you so much yeah thank you our, for having me it was our pleasure speaking with you and I'm going to close this chapter of Turn the Page. And we were just speaking with Allison Winscotch. Thank you so much, Allison. I really appreciate it. My my pleasure. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.